about the consequences of sin. Today I want to talk about saying no to temptation. And I didn't ask this person if they would come up. They may say no. But Deb, would you come up and share your story that you shared with me this morning about Aiden? Would you share that? It fits. After I was sitting here, I was sitting here thinking about my message. I thought, oh, that story just really fits nice. And so if you'll come up and just tell that story about uh, your grandson, it was, it was just so fitting to, to what we're, what we're going to talk about in some ways. <laughs> I knew you'd do it, yeah. <laughs> okay, um, Aiden's been sick all week. He's missed school all week. He was running a high fever and cough and stuff. And he was upset the one day, I think it was Thursday, and he told his mom, he says, he was just crying. He says, Mommy, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. She says, Honey, you're not going to die. She says, Just take your medicine and you'll start feeling better. And he started crying. He says, you could spank me now. She says, why would I spank you? Because you gave me that medicine the other day, and I dumped it down the sink and told you I took it. <laughs> she says, I'm not going to spank you, but you remember, you got to start taking your medicine. <laughs> so he, he's pretty truthful, and it was really upsetting him that he had lied to his mom. So That's good. Yeah, that was good. I thought, wow, that's, real, that's really good, because that temptation to... Dump that, but then he knew he needed to ask for forgiveness because he thought he might die. <laughs> and, well, that's quite a quite a motivation. You know, maybe maybe some maybe we all ought to think that a little more. I don't know, but um, but uh, I want to I want to before I really get into my message, I want to share three three stories from the Bible besides the current story. Um, three stories from the Bible that that just talk about temptation and how how some different individuals dealt with it. The first one is in Genesis, the 39th chapter, beginning at the 6th verse. Um, Joseph, Joseph had been taken. He went to Egypt. He'd been taken captive. His brothers sold him. He gained favor. He gave favor in, in uh, Pharaoh's eyes, and he got a place of prominence. And then in Genesis 39, verse 6, it says, Thus he had left all that he had in Joseph's hands, meaning Pharaoh, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph. And she said, lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what is with me in all the house. And he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but, but you. Because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So it was, as she spoke to Joseph day by day, that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. And there's a, this is one story of, of temptation. You know, a temptation is thrown at Joseph, thrown right, thrown right at him, you know. And, and he was almost in a position where he could have succumbed to the temptation and you know, there's a sense that maybe no, you know, that nobody would even know. But he resisted. He said no. You know, and, and eventually, eventually, you know, he paid a price because she lied and, and she had him thrown in, thrown in jail. But he resisted. He said no. He said no to a temptation. And then in 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel, the 11th chapter, the first two verse, first four verses, It 
It says it happened in the spring of that year at the time when the kings go to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all of Israel. And they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Reba. But David remained in Jerusalem. Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof to the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman bathing and the woman was very beautiful to behold. So David sent and inquired about the woman and someone said, Is this not Bathsheba? the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers and took her, and she came into him, and he lay with her, for she was cleansed from her impurity, and she returned to her house. Now we have a situation where David faced temptation, and David gave in to the temptation. He gave in to being tempted. We find out later that David paid a great price paid a great price. You know, he lost a son. He lost a son because of this. He paid a price for giving in to the temptation. So different people in the Bible, you know, they had temptations just like we do. And the last one is in Judges. In Judges, the 16th chapter. Judges, the 16th chapter, the um, 15th verse. Then she said to him, how can you say I love you? We're talking about Samson and Delilah. When your heart is not with me, you have mocked me these three times and have told me where you are, where you have not told me where your great strength lies. So she kept nagging at him. Tell me where you get your strength. Tell me where you get your strength. You know, (laughs) my side note is a woman's nagging has great power. But it's not always for good you got a nag about it it may not bring about good but she kept after him and it came to pass when she pestered him daily with her words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death that he told her all his he told her all his heart and said to her no razor shall ever come has ever come upon my head for i have been a nazarite to god from my mother's womb if i am shaven then my strength will leave me and i shall become weak and be like other men And when Delilah saw that he had told her with all his heart, she sent and called for the Lord of the Philistines, saying, Come come up once more, for he has told me with all his heart. So the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought her the money in their hand. Then she lulled him to sleep on her knees and called out for a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. Then she began to torment him, and his strength left him. And she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he woke from his sleep and he said, I will go out before at other times and and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Then the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze fetters and he became a grinder in the prison. Samson, he submitted to succumb to temptation and paid a price. He paid a price. He lost his eyes, his freedom, and eventually his life. I don't think most of us face those degrees of temptation. We face face temptation in different forms. Different forms. You possibly could lead to some of this, but, but people face temptation. We all face temptation. We're all tempted. You know, if we think we're not tempted, we probably have succumbed. Probably. You know, so we're tempted. We're tempted in very ways. How can we resist? 
How can we resist temptation? How do we resist when things come at us? One of the things I think is very important is to find out what's the source of the temptation. Where's, where's this coming from? You know, things happen in life and, you know, all kinds of things happen and we think, where's this, where's this coming from? You know, is this, is this from God? Is this a temptation? Is this the devil? Is, is this my thinking? What's, where's this coming from? In James 1.13, it says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. God does not tempt us to do evil. So, you know, if it's something that's not right, it's not God tempting us. You know, God doesn't tempt us. He says, but when we're drawn away by our own desires, when our own desires, we're enticed. And it kind of tells us a lot of times it's what I want to do. It's things that entice me, you know. And it varies for everybody. I think different things tempt one person and not another. You know, some people say, well, you know, I'm tempted by chocolate. Another person say, oh, I hate chocolate. Don't tempt me. You know, it's not my desire. You know, if that's your desire, if that's, you know, it can tempt you. If that's your desire, if that's not your desire, it's like, well, I'm I don't, that don't bother me. Chances are something else would. Chances are there's something out there that entices us. Something out there that, that is something we look forward to. Or we think we want or we think we have to have. So we have to d- decide that, you know, probably if I'm being enticed and, and it's, not, it's not from God, if it's enticed to do something evil, it's not from God. God doesn't tempt us to do evil. You know, he doesn't tempt us. We have plenty of other opportunities. One of the things I think we need to do is say, is this true to God's word? You know, it's a real simple statement. Is this true to God's word? But it's so critical. And it only works if we know God's word. And, you know, it's, if you don't know God's word, if you don't know what God's word says, then you're not going to be or you're not going to have anything to give you some kind of standard to say, well, no, that's not right. You know, I know, I know that wouldn't be something that God would want me to do, but we have to know his word. And then I think we have to say, what's this temptation asking me to do? What, what am I, what's, what's it asking me to do? Is it asking me to do something that pleases God? Is it asking me to do something that, is a good thing or is it asking me to do something that's not pleasing to God is it asking me to do something that's going to bless others you know you don't get tempted to send food or things that people need to Kentucky you know that's not a temptation you know it's not like well I'm tempted to send stuff down to Kentucky you know if it's going to bless others if it's going to help them well, we do it. It pleases God. It blesses others. That's, that's, you know, but if it's not going to bless somebody, then maybe, well, why am I doing this? You know, you know, if I'm thinking about doing something to somebody, is this going to bless them? Are they going to be happy with what I'm doing to them? Or will someone get hurt? Could this possibly hurt someone? 
Could it possibly hurt them emotionally? Hurt their feelings? You know, it's something to consider. How's this going to affect somebody? Will it take advantage of somebody? If what I'm going to do, is it going to take advantage of somebody? And if you've got to try to justify it, that I'm going to take advantage of somebody, but I can really justify this, you better think about it real hard. Because that's sometimes what we do. We can say, well, yeah, but they deserve it. You know, sometimes we think people deserve things. So I can do something because they deserve it. You know, that doesn't, that doesn't probably mean you should do it. Just because, you know, I always say this. If you think you can do something to somebody because they deserve it, how would you like it if God did you everything you deserve? That's always my thought. You know, do I want God to give me everything I deserve? Oh, no. I want mercy. I want grace. You know, I want God to, to cleanse me from my sin, to overlook, to forgive. You know, that's what I want. Well, then how's it going to affect somebody else? So if I'm going to take advantage of them, you know, how can I justify that? What could or will be the, circum- the consequences? You know, if you're tempted to do some things, if you sit back and think about it, you can know what the consequences are. If you're really honest, you know, you're honest. Sometimes we know. Sometimes maybe we don't know. Sometimes we don't want to know. And sometimes when we don't want to know, we don't ask that question because I really don't want to know. I would rather not know that there's going to be consequences. I don't, I don't want somebody telling me, you know. But when we're tempted, we really need to say, if I do this, and if I'm really thinking about it, should I do this or not? Well, what's going to be the consequences of what I do? I believe the fear of the Lord is very important here because a lot of people, if you have no fear of the Lord, then you have no fear of consequences. Because for the Christian, ultimately, the consequence is separation from God. You know, but if you don't have a fear of the Lord, eh, there's probably not much worry about consequences. We don't really, we don't really worry about that. Why do we hesitate to say no to temptation? So why, you know, what, what motivates us? If we, you know, if we, if we kind of think about it, what, what is it that makes us hesitate? I believe sometimes it's a fear of rejection. Fear of rejection. If I do this, people may not like me. You know, for some people, that's a big deal. For young people, I think it's a pretty big deal because young people want to be accepted. They want to have friends. And so a lot of times they will, they will fall into temptation or give into it because they're afraid they're going to lose friends. Somebody's not going to like me. In, John, or in Matthew 10, 27, Jesus said this. He says, whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. What you, what, and what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. Don't fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. He's saying, actually, folks, don't fear people who can hurt you. That's really not what you need to worry about. You know, don't worry about people won't like me. People may make fun of you. 
People may not understand you. But don't let that keep you from doing the right thing and falling into temptation. Sometimes I can fear actually losing a relationship. Actually losing a relationship. Many times people will respect your convictions. You know, a lot of people, good people, will respect your convictions. If you say no to something, they'll say, well, you know what? I admire you for being able to say no. I, I, I look up to you for that. You know, they'll, they'll respect you. If they don't, they're probably not a good friend. Think, you know, for young people, you know, if, if, people, if young people try to talk you into doing something, come with me, let's go do this, it'll be okay, we won't get caught. And you say no. If they're a good friend, they will respect your decision. If they aren't, then you probably don't want them for a friend. That's, it's, that's a tough one. You know, and yeah, but that's tough. That's tough. That's tough because we, we want to be accepted. We don't want to lose relationships. Sometimes we, get, we fall and hesitate to say no to temptation because it may cost us financially. Sometimes we might lose money. Sometimes, you know, we do the right thing and we don't get advantage of maybe cheating somebody. Now, sometimes people give in to temptation to cheat somebody because they have financial gain from it. You know, depending on the situation, depending on how much and whatever, doesn't make it right or wrong how much. But it seems like sometimes the higher the dollar value, the more we can make excuses for doing the wrong thing. Sometimes, sometimes we see that, you know, actually, if you're going to look at it, if you're getting money falsely by cheating someone, that's just wrong. It's just wrong. And so we need not to give in to the temptation saying, well, yeah, but I could maybe get all this. I could benefit from this. Number one, I think we have to learn to trust God as our provider. There's going to be times in life when you're going to have to say no to certain situations because God is your provider and you do the right thing. Even if you're tempted to say, you know, if I do this, I could gain quite a bit. Or I could gain money. I could gain something from somebody. Sometimes we give in to temptation because we're afraid of losing an opportunity. There's a sense of urgency. When somebody presses you, you've got to do it now. You have to make a decision right now. Be very careful. A lot of times you're going to get talked into something that's not right. You know, you need time to say, well, I want to pray about this. They don't want you to pray about it. They want you to make an immediate decision so you can give in to whatever it might be. You know, come, come on, come on, follow us. Let's go do this right now. No, don't think about it. Just come on. It's always urgent. Come on, come on, hurry. If you don't come, it's going to slip through our fingers. It's going to go away or whatever. I'm afraid we might lose an opportunity. We feel pressure. I find that most of the time, God does not deal that way with us. God does not pressure us into doing things. God encourages us. He wants to help us, but he doesn't pressure us. Do you, know, do you know what pressure feels like? 
You know, it's pressure. God doesn't put pressure on us. He might convict us, but people put pressure on us. Come on, you got to do this. Come on, come on. What's wrong with you? Come on. Hey, you know, hey, there's 40 of us going. It'll be okay. You know, there's a big crowd. It's all of a sudden okay. You know, hey, if there's a whole bunch going, it's got to be okay. You know, there's pressure. God doesn't, God doesn't work, work that way. Sometimes we fear losing our image to the world. Losing our image to the world. Well, what are people going to think? What are people going to think? So, you know, you're tempted. Well, you know, maybe I better not take that stand because what are people going to think? What are people going to think? I better, I better go along. I'll just do it once. How about if I just do it once? I'll just do it this once. Or how about, well, I'll go along, but yeah, I'm not really going to participate. My son-in-law, when he was very young, learned a very important lesson. He went along with some friends to maybe Walmart. I'm not sure where they went. Walmart. So his buddies are going to shoplift. Now, he's not going to shoplift, Okay. And they said, hey, you get out to the end of the aisle and you just watch for us. <laughs> Guess what, folks? If you go to the end of the aisle and watch for people who are shoplifting, you are guilty. You see? Hey, just come along. You don't have to shoplift. Just go to the end of the aisle and watch for us. It'll be okay. Well, I mean, they didn't lot. I mean, they, they got caught, and I don't know the repercussions there were some, but... But, you know, but it was a good lesson. A good lesson. You know, what's the, I don't know for sure, I don't know the legal thing about drinking, but if you're in a car and you're driving and people in the back seat are drinking, I think you're guilty of something. I'm not sure how that all that works, but I think, I think you're guilty. I think if you're in a car, I think, hey, you're guilty too. You allowed it to happen, or I don't know how that all works, but, but a lot of times, you know, we, we're worried about what are the people going to think? What are people going to say? Romans 12, 2, it says, don't be conformed to this world. So Christian says, don't be conformed to this world. Don't be like this world. Don't want to be like the world. Don't be enticed into thinking you have to be like the world. Don't be, trans, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So don't be enticed by what the world thinks. Just say no. Just say no to temptation. We all face, we all face different things. You know, things happen, things come up. And we face different temptations. I say this a lot and I think, I think about, well, I say it a lot, so I think, well... Has anybody heard this? Is anybody listening? But I'm saying and I'm telling you folks, you've got to know the truth. You've got to know the truth. There is no shortcut to knowing the truth but except to read the Word of God. You're not going to know the truth by listening to people, by hearing stories. You've got to know the truth. You've got to hear God's Word. You got to hear God's word. If you don't get it inside of you, you're going to be easily swayed. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. We have to know the truth. 
To resist, we have to pray for wisdom and strength to resist. Wisdom. Lord, give me wisdom. Help me to know. Help me to discern truth. Help me to know truth. Give me the strength to say no. You need to surround yourself with people who are going to encourage you to do the right thing, to follow God. Can two walk together unless they agree? If you don't surround yourself with people who are following God, you're going to go another direction. You're going to be enticed. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. You need to listen to the Holy Spirit that dwells in you. You're conscious. We talked about that. You need to hear that voice inside of you to be able to resist and say no. You need to hear that. You need to cultivate that voice. You need to listen to that voice. You, know, you say, well, I never hear God say anything. Well, you need to start. Say, Lord, speak to me. And then listen and know his word so that when something speaks, you go, well, that was God. Or something speaks, you go, well, that was not God. Because I always say there's a lot of voices. There's God, there's others, there's the devil, and there's you. That's the four main ones. They're all trying to say something. God's trying to tell you his word. Other people are trying to tell you what they think. The devil's trying to tell you the opposite of God's word. And you're having all kinds of ideas sometimes. Because you've got opinions and things I'd like to do. And so you hear all kinds of voices. So, you know, learn to hear the Holy Spirit. Learn. And there's no other way than taking time to stop and be quiet and listen and say, okay, Lord, speak to me. Listen. Listen. Know his word. But know his word. I've seen people try. I've seen people over the years try that where they say, well, they're going to hear God. And they hear voices. Trust me. They hear all kinds of voices. I'm not saying they don't hear something. But they don't know God's word enough to know that that wasn't God. So, you know, we need to know his words. So when we hear things, we go, okay, that was God. That was God. You know, it reminded me or something. You, you, you pray, Lord, speak to me. And then all of a sudden you think of a verse from somewhere. Oh, oh, that. Well, yeah. Okay. That. Yeah, that may. Yeah, that's God's word. That's a verse. Yeah, that applies. That's God speaking. I mean, it's, it's not difficult. But we need to hear so that we can resist. Resist the temptations that come our way. Because if we don't, we're going to fall for them. We're going we're gonna to give in to them. What I think I see is, folks, the, the temptations are getting greater and greater. And God's people, if they're not careful, are having more and more hard times to say no. It's getting harder and harder sometimes because we're not grounded in his word, because we're afraid of a lot of things. We're afraid to not say no. And we're enticed and we're carried away. So I just pray that we would hear his voice, know what he's saying, hear what he's saying to us, know what the truth is, so that we can resist those temptations that come our way. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. Lord, I pray you'd encourage us, Lord, to to get your word inside of us. Lord, it might become a part of us. Not just something we read, but it becomes a part of us. It's a part of who we are. It guides us. It's a light unto our path. It guides our steps. It helps us in the way we should go. It helps us to resist temptation. Lord, help us to hear your word and to know your word. Lord, I just pray that you just help us to to be faithful to you, Lord. Help us to follow you. 
be faithful to what you would have us to do. And Lord, that we might be your children and a light to the world around us. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.